Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorce mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you about to hire a lawyer or are you looking for one? Or do you currently have a lawyer and starting to wonder whether or not it's a good fit? Well, this episode is for you. Mum and I are going to be talking today about what you should be looking for when hiring a lawyer, but also things you should be looking out for with your current lawyer. So welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. Thank you for spending some time with us today, Mum. And we were talking about this off air a couple of weeks ago, and I thought maybe it might be a good idea to help some of our listeners and members out there who maybe are getting into the the court part of it to find themselves a good lawyer because sometimes having a good lawyer can be the difference between bad outcome and a good outcome. Maybe, yep, yep. And uh, maybe in the length of time it takes to get through all of your stuff and and get to a conclusion, uh, Mm. maybe in terms of the costs to you. yeah. And you were mentioning as well that just because a lawyer is really expensive and another lawyer isn't doesn't mean that is the definition of a good lawyer. Is absolutely. that right? Yep, absolutely. Let's go through some of the things that you've mentioned and you can explain them to everybody. Okay. Now, the first one is horses for courses. So yeah. we're calling lawyers horses. <laughs> but what, what did you it's mean by that? It's an old proverb. It means, it's, it means get the right lawyer for the sort of work that you're asking them to do. So in mm. the family law space and in our a podcast. We talk about domestic violence and, and applications that involve the magistrates' courts in each state, the lower courts. And then there's family law stuff like children. That's one area. And then family law things like property. Okay. And so some lawyers are good at everything. I'm not. I don't do domestic violence cases. I know they're not my strong suit. Um, some lawyers, um, are really good at one thing, maybe domestic violence cases, or really good at children, but are out of their depth with property. Um, And sometimes property lawyers don't understand the nuances of a children's case. So you need to check with your lawyer, check the experience of your lawyer. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's I hate to compare them to a mechanic, but, you know, when you put your car in, you don't know all the ins and outs of what's going to happen. So you're relying on how you feel about the person you leave your car with to not do the wrong thing and and see you right. So gut instincts with lawyers are pretty good. If you feel that there's they're not really on your team or not really fighting for you, then they may be a little red flag. So, yeah, get, get the right lawyer for your sort of work. Okay, so that's step one. Try and make sure they're doing what it is that you're. And I guess some people might have children and property, but perhaps choose one based on the one that really is the the cincher, the hard part of your case. Yes. The other one is that you've mentioned is that they need to be brave in two ways or even three ways. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you need to look for in a lawyer when when you mean they need to be brave? Mm. They need to be, so family lawyers need to be brave and confident and speak up in three scenarios, obviously when they're in court and obviously when they're advocating for you and negotiating and writing to the other side, there needs to be strong communication. But the third one that's not often thought about is that family lawyer needs to be brave enough to tell their client some home truths and the likely outcomes and and sometimes that's really hard to do mm. um, for young people. 
Mm. Often young lawyers, yeah. It's a skill that you learn. So I guess that is, it's like kind of telling, having the guts to tell someone something maybe they don't want to hear or, you know, and that could be really hard. But I guess if you are a person who's hiring a lawyer, you kind of want them to tell you if, if, even though it's stuff you probably don't want to hear, at least you'd rather know it than go into a courtroom later on and and find find out out from the judge. And you're like, (laughs) why didn't anyone tell me this? Yes. So so someone needs to have that hard conversation with you if, Mm. if what you're asking is not likely to be an outcome. And, Mm. and like you say, not only the length of time and finding out embarrassingly in court in front of a judge but also the wasted expense of going Mm. all the way to trial if what you're seeking is perhaps unattainable really in accordance with the law Um, and you really need to know where you stand whenever anyone makes an offer to you you need to to say now how realistic is this offer and am I likely if I don't accept it to be up for their legal costs as well as mine if I don't accept it that's true. Mm. All right. And another way to be brave as a lawyer, you said there were three ways. Mm. To the judge, to yeah. the client, to the yeah. other party. Okay. And with the other party, do you mean uh, if you've got a really high controlling manipulative ex who's self-representing? Yeah. Do Like, do you find that some lawyers don't cope very well with that kind of scenario? Um, it, it's hard for them. It's hard for them. But what you need to be, I guess, with them, with the other side is completely courteous, always polite, mm. um, but firm in representing your client. And don't, you don't want a lawyer who gets dragged into a slanging match about the other lawyer or with the other lawyer. Uh, you need them to be professional and courteous at all times because, after all, the aim of of your lawyer should be to try to resolve your case and making an enemy out of the other lawyer or the other party is not going to achieve that for you. So even Mm. if you're really angry at your ex or really, like, traumatised by your ex, um, you'll find that your lawyer, a good lawyer, should be able to stand up for you and discuss things in in a courteous and polite way with a view to settling things. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, so I guess it's a, a lawyer that maybe perhaps doesn't get too emotionally involved, mm. or if they do, they they're not they hide it and and overcome the emotion. It's impossible, Laura, as lawyer, not to really really feel for your cases, for your yeah. clients and and the children particularly. Mm. But you know, you you don't let that show to the other side because you want to get them to agree to what you want your client wants you to get them to agree to when you said about brave enough to 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 talk to the judge Mm. i've heard some of our members and listeners writing in saying i'm not sure if i should do this they've changed the judge and now my lawyer's saying i need to change this Mm. what's that about and is that something people should be concerned about or Mm. is that okay uh, no, it's perfectly natural to think about who the judge is going to be uh, because there are sort of, it's a triangle, it's it's your part of the story versus your ex's part of the story and the judge is the person in the middle there who has to make the decision. And, of course, they're only human um, and they are, their personality, as far as judges go, are revealed in their earlier cases So most lawyers will know if a particular judge is likely to do one thing or another um, or, um, 
yeah, or or what the judge's preference is in terms of, you know, should we go to mediation? Should we change our application before court or should we not waste the money? So it's important. I mean, barristers know the judges very well and it's important. It is an important part of making sure your client gets the best outcome for you because you don't know the judges, you know, but we're in there every day pretty well dealing with them. So we've got a real feel for it and your barrister will know perfectly um, how to deal with different judges. But just make sure that someone's not just going, oh, that's a grumpy judge. I'm not going to make any application that's even remotely contentious because I don't want to get in trouble from the judge. Um, mm. You need someone who doesn't care about that sort of stuff. Mm. Mm. And I guess uh, just before we go on to that bit, you, you were saying, you know, that you've been, you're in there all the time, you've got experience with the judges. Mm. Um, I guess that's something you need to look for in a lawyer is someone who is in the family court who does know the judges that you're going to have, I guess that helps you a little bit as opposed to maybe someone who just does all law and doesn't really know? Yeah, I think so. I think that comes down to the ultimate horses for courses that, you know, uh, it would cost you probably the same to get a family lawyer to do your family law case as it would to get a lawyer in general practice to do your family law case by by the hour. But a very experienced family law firm will have all the precedents ready and have all the things set up and know what has to be done. And your lawyer will know the law, whereas someone who doesn't do a lot of family law will have to re-educate themselves. Um, or set up systems, you know, they're just not as comfortable um, in that space. So it is, it has been called a clicky profession and it is where you see the same lawyers there all of the time, but we're all getting experience and we're all um, just learning all the time and and polishing our skills. So I think you want a family lawyer, um, definitely. Okay. Now, the other thing that you were talking about is that, you know, lawyers might be a bit nervous to say something in front of a judge or say, be careful if they're just scared because the judge is grumpy. Mm. Um, do lawyers, do you need to look out for lawyers who want to have a track record of always winning and, and then that way they're too afraid to to maybe step outside their comfort zone of asking mm. for something they might not get? Yes. Is that a thing? I think it is a thing. I think it is a thing. I mean, your your role with your as a client is not to make your lawyer's life easy. You're paying them good money, and if Mm. you've got a case, they need to put it to the judge for you. Um, And they aren't the judge, so they can look at case law and they can look at um, the legislation and they can form a view that you might get it or you might not get it. But it's up to them to have a try, because if you never try then I guess you don't, you do, like you say, Laura, you always win because no one sticks their head up out of the trenches. But, you know, sometimes I think too that I call it the low-hanging fruit, the easy things to do, and the easy thing to do is all reach agreement and put up a document to the judge and then there's no hard questions, um, you know, and they'd rather, I don't know, this is terrible, but um, sometimes I think people um, pressure, they do pressure clients um, into an agreement on something they're not a hundred percent comfortable with, and and that's our job, right? Mm. You know, if it's mm. unreasonable. But if you've got a prospect of a of a case, and then that your lawyer seems to wimp out on the morning, um, mm. then that would be a red flag to me. 
Okay. Mm. Well, let's go into to other red flags. Oh, just before we go into that red flags, the other thing to definitely look for in a lawyer, as we've talked before about, is regular billing. Yes. Definitely yes. don't end up with bill shock at the end, which is what we're doing our webinar on mm. um, next week. But yep. regular Absolutely. billing, um, what does that mean? Regular billing, well, I know our firm does it weekly. Um, other firms do it even fortnightly or monthly, but you need to know exactly what you're spending. And some people don't realise that a phone call um, or gets charged on a six-minute unit, for instance, or an email gets charged. So you need to, um, if you if you don't know about that or you've, you've forgotten that, that weekly or fortnightly bill makes you go, oh, hang on a minute, I'd better I'd better limit my engagement with the lawyer to the stuff that really matters, or maybe I'll hold it all together for one one email at the mm. end of the week. So yes, mm. so I think. It's hard for us to talk about money for lawyers and that is another element of bravery with your client. But you need to. It is about money. It's the it's like the elephant in the room. Your client's going, oh, my God, how much is this going to all, all cost me? And and they, you need to say to the lawyers need to say to their clients, look, about money, here's how we bill, this is how much we need, these are your costs roughly for each stage and, and to keep talking about it as it goes. And you and it goes back the other way as well, that you can talk to your client about the fees and reach some agreement maybe for, mm. you know, we'll talk about that in the webinar yeah. Next okay. Week. So red flags then. If yeah. anyone is listening who has a lawyer mm. or has just engaged one or leading up to trial, let's talk about some of the red flags. And you've already kind of mentioned, you know, maybe they, they get a little bit scared if they're going to be in mm. front of a certain judge. One thing you can check before you choose one mm. as a red flag is their LinkedIn and see yes. how often they move around. So mm. can you explain what, why that is a red flag? Well, like any employee, you know, if they're really good, they'll probably stay at one firm for quite a long mm. time. If if there's some doubt about their ability or something, uh, then you may find they've had a lot of jobs in a short period of time. I'd be careful about that. And mm. you'd be looking for someone with experience pretty well only in family law when you look in LinkedIn. Uh, make mm -hmm. sure that they've you know, they've done that, uh, they've decided to make that a specialty and they're not just sort of in the job until they can get into commercial law or something. Okay. Yeah. Another red flag you've talked about is you you don't hear from them at all or you hear from them too much. Sorry to interrupt yeah. this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Are you feeling confused, lost, scared, and overwhelmed by the family law legal jargon and processes? Join the club. Now it's your chance to empower, educate, and equip yourself with the legal know-how and tools you need to get divorced and finally settle. Introducing the DIY Divorce Blueprint, created lovingly by Mum and Me. We've downloaded Mum's Brains into 42 video lessons along with over a hundred templates and worksheets that you can use to create and settle your property and children's matters. Follow our guide and steps and templates to get yourself finally settled in divorce. Use it as a guide with your lawyer or without but hopefully using this DIY divorce blueprint you can stay out of court and you can get it settled and sorted at a fraction of the price. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or go to thedivorcecourse.com.au you backslash enroll see you then okay yeah. another red flag you've talked about is you you don't hear from them at all or you hear from them too much yeah. yes there's a little balance there so every time they contact you is money 
Mm. Um, so what you, the same as you don't want to be approaching the lawyer too often with emails and calls, you don't want them bombarding you either and charging for each call. So mm. it's, it's truly, um, you've got to, you need to hear enough just to know, uh, that it's still ticking along. And uh, but not so much that it's unnecessary billing. Um, we do itemised accounts, and some firms do, and that's like yeah. a little activity statement which tells you what day, what exactly they did, how much that cost, so that you can say, "Oh, he doesn't need to report to me." I can see that in my billing that they've mm. sent that letter to the other side. It's an interesting um, kind of profession, really, because most professions, like if you go and see a psychologist, you make a booking and you go. Mm. Your psychologist isn't going to reach out to you and charge you for it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yes. not many places where you go, I'm going to, my, but your hairdresser doesn't turn up at your door and charge you for checking mm. your hair. Mm. So with a lawyer, it is a trust relationship where you've got to be able to trust, okay, are they pulling the leg, pulling my leg? Yes. Are they, you know, are they yeah. just ringing me because they need to get their hours up, which we've talked, like, talked about oh, in our course, but yeah. lawyers do have to have certain hours. Mm. So maybe, you know, hopefully they're not like that, but that is an, like a possibility. Yeah. But then there's also, there's a lot of people who message us on Insta and through our, through our email saying, I haven't heard my, from my lawyer in like six months. Nothing's happening. Nothing's mm, going mm, on, yes. which I mean, at least is cheaper. But what do you say to those people that like their lawyers just, just, I don't know, just put their file at the bottom of a cave and forget that it existed? <laughs> well, they might be, might've done that, or it might be that nothing's happening on the file, mm. like if mm. you're waiting on trial or stuff. Um, but, look, in a case like that, rather than stress and wait for something every day, I'd pop a quick email over saying, hey, what's happening on my file? Where are you up to? Um, mm. Do you know you, that analogy you gave about hairdressers and things is very good because there's no other profession either where your husband, your ex, can send someone round to cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Because your ex writes a letter to your lawyer and you get charged for it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And we've talked about ways, and we can talk about that in yep. the webinar, on ways to get around get that, around that yep. and stop your ex from racking up your bills, which yep. is actually um, – it's, it's a thing. A, it's it's a thing and it's mm. you know post-separation abuse is kind of linked into that which yes. we're doing an episode on as well yep. but you need to be mindful of that and a lawyer that is mindful of that if you do have that type of person who's constantly writing you've said before mum you could say to the lawyer hey is it all right if you don't read mm. all those emails flick them through to me and I'll send you the relevant ones because mm. because that is a tactic, isn't it? Just it's a tactic. Racking up the bill. It's a tactic, and and your lawyer might want you to sign something about that. Um, yeah. I had one years and years ago, so bad, so bad that I just put an automatic redirect with my client's consent <laughs> yeah. to her, and I didn't yeah. have to read them or deal with them because if it lands in a lawyer's email, they actually have to read it. Um, otherwise, mm. in uh, you know, any sort of professional situation, if you've got correspondence and you haven't read it, that's just an absolute crime. But if you've got a written agreement with your client about that or if you can get your lawyer to step out for a while so that the crazy can go on without costing you any money, you know, mm. Mm. Just yes, to say, I don't need my hair cut that often. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't knock on my door yeah. for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, another thing you've mentioned is, you know, and we have talked about this before, but a lawyer who is courte like courteous with everybody. So yes. it's a red flag if they're writing these big gun letters that are so threatening and and 
just crazy, angry, mm. inflammationary. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean? Mm. Like inflammatory. There we go. Those kind of lawyers, why are they, why is that a red flag? Well, some people like those sort of lawyers, um, mm. but I find those sort of lawyers find their own types of people but oh <laughs> you know courses for courses courses for courses <laughs> yes uh, but that I hope is not one of our people's priorities to just yeah. inflame the situation and it might feel good oh right you know wait till they get this letter um, mm. but in the long term remembering our long-term goal of every lawyer and you would be to get out of this in one piece mm. emotionally and financially and poking the bear doesn't work doesn't help you know, no. if you've got an actual thing to challenge them with, do it courteously and yeah. invite their response. But don't sort of do aha letters. Mm. It just it does yeah. doesn't look good. No. So, so, so you'll often if, find a lawyer might find more time, spend more time talking about how much they don't like the other firm or or I don't know, but not not focusing professionally on your case and how okay. to get you out. So if they've got personal vendettas or points to score with another lawyer, that's a red flag. Why do you want it's to not pay about for that? them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not about them. About it's them. You. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly okay. right. And the, and the best cases and most readily settled cases are ones where even in the face of very different um, views of the clients and even the lawyers, that is that they can find some middle ground. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you might as well just continue your fight on your own. <laughs> That's because true. That's what you've got a lawyer to take the heat out of it and to get it to resolution. That's true. Mm. Now I've seen when um, I've been at court supporting other people where the the lawyers all get along. A lot of them, like at mm. your um, your thirty five years award family uh, family specialist award twenty five. <laughs> 25, sorry, uh, 25 years as a family law specialist, even though you've been in family law for over 35 years, you kind of all knew each other, all the, all the, I'm not going to say oldies, but all all of you knew each other. You're all, you've all got your own firms now and you've all got other lawyers with you, but you know, you all kind of get along and you all know about, oh, that lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And so... So I guess in a in a way that's good because if you're all you all know each other I guess like the way that you know the judges so yeah. you know what's going to work and how to talk to other lawyers and I guess that's something you want in a lawyer not someone who's an outsider who doesn't talk mm. to anyone who sticks their nose up in the air. See, in a weird way, there are work colleagues. You know, when we go to court, it's the same people we see all of the time. Sometimes mm. they're in our case, sometimes they're not in our case. And so uh, respectful communication uh, is very important. And frankly, um, it was interesting that you noted the, the accredited family law specialists, we did all get along. Um, we don't need to prove ourselves or, you know, bash the other side of make them feel worse. Um, I think if you're that sort of lawyer, you won't last in the profession 25 years because yeah. it's exhausting and, and you know, you're really, we're really, lawyers are officers of the court. So they've got to have the same goal as you and that is to get it through in one piece um, as quickly as you can. Okay. Mm. To summarise, you're looking for a lawyer who is brave enough to tell you what you actually need to hear, brave enough to ask the judge for what it is that you actually want if it's legally viable, and brave enough to stand up to the other side. You also think it's a good idea to get a lawyer that matches the the complexity of your case if it's the child area if it's the property area or if it's domestic violence Mm -hmm. definitely in the family law space 
being more expensive doesn't necessarily mean they're better. Regular billing and experience. And then the red flags to look out for is check to see how often they move from firm to firm. That that could be a red flag or they could have a FIFO partner, but, you know, just check. That could be a red flag. Check with the way they deal with other lawyers. If it's rude and not courteous, probably not going to help you in the long run to negotiate and come to an agreement. If you don't hear from them at all, that's a red flag. If you hear from them too much, that's a red flag. <laughs> uh, if they're vague or ev- evasive about costs, that's a red flag. And if they're worried about losing their winning streak or their record or a personal vendetta with another lawyer that's a big red flag yeah and i and i know lawyers need to keep that balance and objectivity which could be so hard i guess like you said mum like i'm not a lawyer but i get all these messages from people and their stories they just break my heart and oh, i just sit do. there wanting to cry for f- yeah. and then i'm like okay i don't know how lawyers do it so i mm. guess it's it's a really hard job and we're not ragging on lawyers we're not making fun of them and we're not saying lawyers are bad. We're just saying that you need to be really smart about it. And you are spending a lot of money if you go to court. So don't choose a lawyer just based on, oh, they're the ones down the road or that's the one that my friend used because you need to make sure that the money you're spending is well spent and that you're going to see a return on that from the your your ride through court as well as what the outcome is. Mm. And that's something it's a really – it's it's a you know it's a really hard choice, and I th- I do think some people just just take a lawyer and just go with it regardless. And you, and I think, mum, if they want to change lawyers, what do they do? Uh, find a lawyer that they want to change to. I recommend using the one hour. A lot of people offer an hour interview at a reduced price. Uh, yeah. Tell them you're getting a second opinion. That way, they don't have to tell your lawyer that you're there. Um, and just check. Um, do you like this new lawyer? You know, if not, yeah. go and see another one for an hour and get a second opinion. And yeah. and it's and then if you find someone that you really prefer, then it's simply a matter of them getting you to sign an authority to your previous lawyers and sending that authority over and the firm will usually just send the file straight over. Um, If there's some bills to be paid in the other firm, there might be a little bit of a hiccup there, but it's Mm. quite seamless and it's not not unusual. It happens. So, because because I I'm always worried about hurting people's feelings. So if you I can't was to, doing it. Yeah. if I was worried and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many red flags with this lawyer. So you're saying I could go to another lawyer and yeah. get them to give me a thing, an authority to sign, and yep. then they'll take care of it. They so will. you don't even have to talk to them. No, again. but you if you want like, to send them some chocolates or something and say thanks for all you've done so far, you yeah, know, but yeah, 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 because but don't don't you worry can't sell yourself so down the river. Um, or your children, for that matter, or your future, uh, just for the sake of being nice to someone or, you yeah. know, because you like them yeah. or, or even really love them, um, mm. you need to be objective. Yeah. And I mean, I've, look, I, you think about if it was a surgeon, how do you choose your surgeon? Yeah. <laughs> Not on the one that's, you know, you really Got the like. the biggest billboard. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, the biggest one. smile. Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah. it is by sort of doing your research and going, okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Now, Mum, we always touch on this as we do in our divorce mm. course. We've got the different divorce course personality prism mm. so we've got amicable does does an amicable uh, re- uh divorce change who you should be looking for on a lawyer uh no you'd still need a good lawyer 
Uh, You need a good lawyer to make sure you're still getting a fair share. And you need a lawyer who isn't uh, displaying the red flag of being aggressive to the other side or telling you, you know, what they're going to do. And, you know, so you Mm. need someone who's, who's balanced. Um, okay. who, who's not afraid to tell you if your arrangement that you've got is terrible for you, you mm. know, but, but mm. yeah, you don't want a, a gung-ho lawyer who turns your little molehill into a mountain. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that's amicable. What about manipulative and controlling? Well, that's where you've got to watch that your lawyer doesn't fall for their nonsense. Okay. Okay. Um, particularly if um, the manipulative and controlling person is being as sweet as pie to mm. your lawyer and your lawyer is starting to look at you thinking, what do you mean? He's lovely. He's been really, really good. He's done this, mm. done that. Uh, so you need someone who's on to that sort of stuff and still that can be polite but still look behind and make sure that they're not still concealing stuff or, or manoeuvring. So you, you need someone who's immune to that their blandishments, right. who can see through it. And if you see signs that your your lawyer is sort of becoming more their way, um, then you need a bit of a reality check and see if it's you that isn't seeing it or, you know, or do you need to get another lawyer who's a bit more robust? Hmm. I guess, you know, the, the, the term narcissist is used a lot, but mm. uh, narcissists are very good at that that mask where they, they're someone completely different to everybody else, particularly professionals. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to be seen as crazy to a professional because that's no. their, you know, their, that's their pride that they're a normal person. So mm. you might see maybe them as crazy and doing crazy things, but then when the lawyer sees how they act and write, they go, oh, there's a nice normal person. What are you talking about? So mm-hmm. as long as that lawyer is, you you can show the lawyer, no, look, this is what they're really like, you mm-hmm. know, um, to keep that connection because if you feel like your lawyer isn't supporting you and you've reality checked to make sure that it isn't you, then going through family court with a lawyer that doesn't believe you is pretty much like paying for a lawyer for your ex, really, isn't it? It's yes. just, yeah, it's, it's like it's like yeah. paying for punishment. Yes. <laughs> so just I know it's really hard and you might be like a long way through if you are with a lawyer right now, but that is a massive red flag and it is hard with a manipulative and controlling person. Mm. Um, but, yes, that's a good point, Mum. Mm. Next one is high conflict. Well, with your lawyer, they need to be able to talk with you to work out some ways of cutting down the legal fees that are just going to pile up this high conflict person. Um, Mm. And they also need to uh, be able to demonstrate to you how they can stick to the issue and not be sidetracked where a high conflict person might argue every point with equal value. And Mm. they need to be able to just, instead of writing a five-page response to the ex's five-page letter, they're able to find the salient points, dot point them, number them and send it back. That's what you need. You need a a lawyer who will douse the crazy down. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You need a lawyer who will douse the crazy down. There's a new quote for the Instagram. (laughs) Um, Okay. And lastly, Mum, we have avoidant, which is a really tricky one. Oh, it is so hard. Yeah. So lawyers have to be really flexible because these sorts of people, uh, you know, how they conduct a case changes with the sorts of people. Um, You need someone um, who understands about the avoidant person, uh, perhaps not too quick to rush to court if there's another way that we could make it easier. Um, Mm. It's important, I think, for your lawyer to 
to reach some sort of uh, accord, some sort of communication way with the avoidant person. But, yeah, I think, again, I think really your client, your lawyer just has to recognise that that's, that's what you're dealing with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that. And that, and if you've got a lawyer who is aware of the type of personality mm. that you're dealing with, that's going to make life so much easier. Like in our actual um, DIY divorce blueprint, we have, you know, different ways of tailoring it based on, yeah. you know, the avoidant personality or the, you know, high conflict, etc. So make sure that with your lawyer, they are across the type of personality you have and they are adjusting their approach based on that. And yes. I know it's really hard because you go and see a lawyer, you go and sit in the office and it's all very intimidating and they say lots of things and you walk away and you're just like, I don't really know what just happened then. Um, but, you know, you can take away, have a look at the letters they send you and have a little think, is this going to trigger my ex? Is this going to encourage my ex? And have have the guts to tell your lawyer, oh, look, I think that's going to make my ex really angry and cause more problems than it is mm. worth. Mm. Or I think my, my ex isn't going to do anything about this letter and just ignore it because they're completely avoidant and that's going to waste me my $350 yes. yeah, of letter. Yes. So could you please change it to make it yeah. more enticing for them to so do something? Two green flags, Laura, for a good lawyer, I think. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the personality of your ex um, right at the front because it feeds into any many things about whether they're going to make proper disclosure of their property or, mm. or you know, um, are they going to be difficult about little things. Um, and they that's the first green flag is asking about your personality of your ex. And the other green flag is that they talk to you about their plan and the type of letter they're going to write and get your your agreement to that type of letter before they write it. And then I always send that letter to my clients and say, have a look, is there anything in there that's going to be counterproductive? Have I said anything? And they'll come back and say, oh, don't say he's a this, he likes to be called that or, you know, it, it, mm. it's it's things like that that can be the difference between setting up a good rapport um, mm. with a view to settling ultimately or sending sending him off on a or her off on a tangent. Mm. Well, that's good. That's two mm. green flags. Two green well flags. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mum, for your time today talking about lawyers and choosing mm. one. I think it is a big, it can really make or break how you go through the family court process and mm. I think that it's a really important issue. I hope if you're listening, if you've got a lawyer, that you keep an eye out for those things and if you're about to choose a lawyer, that hopefully this will help make your life run a little bit more smoother. And before we finish, mum is on her way to retirement. She doesn't <laughs> have time for, or, or unfortunately, any other clients. She has a big heart and has a, and, and sometimes lets other clients get in, even though she says she's going to retire. So please, if you are looking for a lawyer. This isn't a promo for no. mum getting more clients. <laughs> she is insanely busy, yes. insanely busy. And, and she's trying a to retire. Laura. I know. So I, I, I would like mum to have more time so we can do more podcasts as well. Well, hopefully we're helping more people than I can just one-on-one -on -one anyway, Laura. This is true. And the this way you, and you summed it all up today was brilliant. I couldn't do oh. that in a fit. Oh, oh thanks, mum. <laughs> 
but yeah so if you are out there and you are struggling to find a decent lawyer reach out to us and mum has a plenty plenty of really good recommended ones that she knows that would be you know say hey this is my type what do you recommend we're happy to do that for you and you know if you've got some crazy case that you you really really want mum to do she probably can't take it but you can message Mm. us and we can give you a hand or as i've said to some people we do our diy divorce blueprint and then you can talk to mum for free for 30 minutes and uh you get your chance there so if you do really desperately want to talk to mum you can join our course (laughs) but thank you so much mum for joining us today and thank you everyone for listening Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye, Laura. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. 